As parents of autistic kids, their beautiful brains amaze us every day. But this show is about our mental wellness. Hi, I'm Shanee. And I'm Autumn. Together, we tackle the hard truths about parenting autism and how sometimes it can feel like we're drowning. In a puddle of our own tears. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to let you know we see you. We hear you. And And you you can can thrive underwater. The Thrive Underwater podcast is not a replacement for therapy, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are having a mental health emergency, please contact 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out to a local provider in your area. Hey there, parents. Just wanted to let you know that we do use spicy language, so you might want to prepare ahead. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our show. So today we will be talking about work-life imbalance. And Autumn, I'm wondering if we should have called this life balance instead? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I know it's, it's a conundrum. Work and life, it's a complex idea. It's really hard to distinguish between the two. Yes. Work can mean different things to different people. Some people view work as the thing you do to make money. And to others, it's the drive to pursue passion. And to others, it's day-to-day life maintenance, like, you know, dishes, laundry, keeping up with schedules. Um, I think of this as work. I think of this as work, but I'm not sure a lot of other people do, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, There are a lot of different personality types amongst parents, of course. Uh, I know women who absolutely love being a stay-at-home mom and parent. That's what they've always wanted, and they're totally happy, and that's cool. And on the other hand, there are parents out there who love working and the drive to pursue a dream. You know, not to be snarky to our male listeners, but I wonder how often they are asked about their work-life balance. This this does seem to come up more for women, you know? Oh, yes. And women tend to judge each other depending on whether or not they choose to be a career woman or a stay-at-home wife. We just need to drop all that judgment. We really do. Yes. Um, Autumn, you know, we've talked about how complicated it is discussing the idea of choice. I mean, is it ever... Is it even a choice for some people? You know, for me, because of my situation with my son, I can only work part-time. Yeah, it it wasn't a choice for me. There there was no way I could keep up with work and keep up with the complex needs of our son. But I need work for my sanity. I'm just built that way. Mm -hmm. But going back to this idea of the difference between work and life, let's define how we're drawing the line in the sand between the two. Okay, so work is a task. It's something that takes effort to accomplish an end goal or an outcome. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily mean you make money at it. You know, this podcast is a really great example. Right now, we do not make money doing this. Actually, it's costing us some money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's not to say that one day it might not bring us in some money. And, you know, that's not really why we're doing this. That's not the end goal. Right. No, no, it's not. But that doesn't mean it isn't a lot of work. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we write the scripts and we build the websites and we do the social media and then the recording and the editing. We're doing all the things that make this possible. Right. And it's time consuming. It is. And just because it doesn't make cold, hard cash doesn't mean it doesn't have value. You know, I think stay at home parents has experienced this uh, is on a deep level. The work they do seems devalued in society because it doesn't bring in money. Yeah, it's a shame, really. Okay, so life. How are we defining life? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. So says John Lennon. I love that line. 
Is life just all of it? I mean, this it's the whole enchilada. Yeah, no, that's the hard part. It's like you said in the beginning, is it really life balance? Uh, it's just not so neat and tidy. No. It, it, yeah. Mm-mm, it isn't. So let's navigate these tumultuous waters of balancing work and life for parents of autistic children. Imbalances, you mean. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I have to laugh because the social stigma is that our children have an imbalance um, or, you know, uh, some kind of deficit. And, you know, therefore we feel like we do too. But here's the thing. Parenting is all a balancing act. And we know that. But it is way more complex for parents with autistic children. Yeah, it is. Especially if you have parents, both of them work. Oh, yeah. And if you're a single parent or divorced parents, this is brutal. Yeah, I cannot imagine. I know. And look, we want to honor all types of parents in this episode, whether you are a partnership with two full-time job parents, one full-time part and one part-time, one full-time job, one stay-at-home parent or a single parent. All of you matter. All of you hold vital roles in the family. 100%. To be truthful, work-life balance, it's a bitch for every single one of these families. So hard. And ours. Yeah, so hard. Yeah, and everyone has needs, but when the needs of one conflict with the needs of another, that's when the tension mounts. It really does. And this is a topic that was challenging to whittle down into pieces. There are so many moving parts. Yeah, it is a tangled web, but We did our best. (laughs) Yes, we did. So let us answer. Why is balancing work and life so hard for parents of autistic children? All right, let's do it. There's no way I'm going out on that tightrope. No way. Oh my God, where's the safety net? Where's the safety net? Hell no, not doing it. Oh God, they just took away the ladder. What the hell? They just took away the ladder. I can't do this. I can't, I can't do it. Shit. Okay, you go first. I'm not going first. Are you kidding me? You go first. No, you go. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. You go. You go. You uh-uh. go. I'm not going. You go. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure how these segues are going to land with our listeners, but they are so much fun to do. <laughs> I know. Come on. We got to have some fun. I know, they're so fun. Okay, I think the first place we need to start is with the complex needs of our children. Yes, unlike typically developing children, autistic children have a host of specific challenges that may require therapies, uh, therapists, doctors, educational demands, and time. Scheduling this is difficult. Mm -hmm, It is. Our children need more, and that's okay. I mean, we want them to have the best opportunities to grow up happy, healthy, independent, completely accepting of who they are. We want them to embrace their differences and believe they have value in this culture. Oh, girl, yes. But this means we go to meetings at school. We show up when they have meltdowns. We go to therapy for them and us. Uh, We go to the doctor's appointments. We spend time with them and try to understand what is happening inside their brain. We want to know them, protect them, and embrace who they are completely, while at the same time help them live who they are inside of a world that just doesn't understand them. Oh, yeah. But it takes a great deal of time and effort. It can be hard to fit in Uh, work into the narrative, you know? I mean, especially when at any moment you could receive a phone call or need to go to an appointment. Yeah. And let's face it, so many employers out there care less about what our kids need. They really only care about their bottom line. And here's the scary thing. 
Our kids come first, so we have to choose them over work. But at the same time, just to complicate matters a little bit more, part of taking care of our kids means we got to make money. Right. I mean, parents of autistic children are the masters of juggling, but it is exhausting. I mean, sometimes you just need to put down sticks of fire. You have been juggling for hours or days on end and just sit and be. Yeah, but that's not always possible. You know, finding respite care or scheduling this with a partner. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's a damn Greek tragedy in the making. Oh, my God. <laughs> I totally agree. And that leads us into our next imbalancing act. I'm having a hard time keeping balance, Autumn. Did you get your umbrella? No, crap. Okay, okay, we got this, we got this. Whoa, what the hell was that? It's a bicycle. They just, they just pushed a damn bike out here. No way. It's gone. Okay, deep breaths. Grip with your toes, Shani. We got this. I am deep breathing and gripping with my toes. I just want this to be over. <laughs> Me too. Okay, we've got lots going on with managing our kids' needs and schedules. And in a two-parent family... One parent generally takes most of the weight, working or not. But when one parent can't be there for an appointment, a meltdown, or to simply help at home, the other parent has to has to do it, has to step in. Yeah. Yeah. And and really that's where the problems can begin. Now, this is a two-parent situation. With single parents, this is next level complication. Yes. Single parents, we see you. Yes, we do. With two parent situations, tensions can grow when the one when uh, the one parent is the one making all the sacrifices and the other is not. Yes. And honestly, the biggest arguments I've had with my husband is over this very topic. Don't I know it? Uh, I mean, us too, especially when it's like, you know, out of balance. It's hard. And like you said in the beginning, everyone has needs. And when the needs of one conflicts with the needs of another, it can lead to a mini disaster. You know, we got so much responsibilities. It can engulf a relationship. For example, let's say one parent is sick, your child is out of school, and the other parent has to work. Who ends up getting the raw end of the deal? Uh, I would say, unfortunately, everyone. Yeah. It's a no-win situation. Another what if. What if you have a big meeting and your partner does too? And let's say you're both in your meetings. You get a call. Someone has to drop everything to go pick up your child. Which which job or career is more important? Yeah. Let's put a big old cherry on top. <laughs> say there's no friends or family supporting your family. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. But these are critical points that can and have ended relationships because it is so hard. It really is. And, and creating boundaries and schedules require sacrifices beyond a typical situation. Yeah, agreed. I think there's one more point we need to cover. What's that? The devaluation of unpaid work. Oh, this is a big one for sure. Yeah. So let's get to it. We did, did it! it. We, we did made it. it! How did we do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, wait, where is everyone? Huh, that's weird. What time is it? 
Autumn, it took us six hours to cross the tightrope. Huh. Well, we aren't dead. Yeah, that's good. I want to go get a drink. Yeah, let's go. Okay, this one hits close to home. As you know, I'm a creator. And most of the things that I do really don't make any money. You know, I'll build websites here and there and do some content writing here and there. And I was a photographer for a while and very serious about it. But because of the scheduling and then COVID hit, I had to give it up. But most of what I do isn't big money-making work. And it's hard to value work when there's no dollar signs attached. Oh, I get it. You know, for me, fortunately, the work I do, it does create income. And I, you know, I'm very privileged for to be able to work and doing that. But it's really it's only part time because I need to be home. I need to be home for my kid. Yeah. I got that t-shirt. So it's story time. Uh Story time. A while back, I was talking to a person and telling them that I, being an entrepreneurial spirit, that I had to put the dreams on the back burner. And I just couldn't do that and raise my son at the same time. Let me just tell you what they said to me. That's a bullshit cop out. Are you serious? Come on. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) I just can't get over the crap people say to you. It drives me crazy. And when she said that to me, I just kind of froze. That's my go-to. The fight, flight, freeze. Mm -hmm. I'm the freezer. Mm. You know, I didn't know what to say. But later on, when I was, of course, going over and over this in my mind, I did feel all the feels, you know, the anger and the sadness. But I'm going to tell you what got to me worse than anything else is I felt like somehow I I just wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, there was something wrong with me that I couldn't get all of these things done. Yeah. I mean, I get how you would go there, you know, and this, but, but honestly, this isn't too far from what some people expect from parents. Yeah. And for some of us, there's just not a support system in place and, and we need help. And if there's not a support system, we don't get it. And that's why most of us have one parent who stays at home. I know. And and stay-at-home parenting is so undervalued in our culture. It just is. Yeah. As is not making an income. You know, there's this expectation in our culture to be all to all. And that's not realistic. It isn't. Far too often, the breadwinner is given the pats on the back and the stay-at-home parent is given the shaft. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh That doesn't help at all. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, in the last few years, I've had the opportunity to branch out and to try some things. It's been fun. You wrote a book, right? Yep. It's a kid's book, a children's book called Bad Sheep, which you can find on Amazon. Shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) No shame. No shame involved. This is our podcast. You can say whatever you want. And, And it's a great book. Thank you. Yeah, I'm proud of it. It was a lot of work. But once it was done, I didn't have the luxury of going out to promote it. Somebody had to be here to take care of our son, and my husband had to work. I, I got one small tour in, and that was it. We just couldn't stake our income on a one children's book. <laughs> it was way too risky. So I've got books in the closet, you know, waiting for you to order it on Amazon.com. <laughs> I get it. I mean, you know, this life is different. We can't just call up any babysitter to take care of our kids, right? They have to be trained or have experience. Yeah, and those babysitters cost a lot of money. Yes, they do. But 
Um, you know, one of the issues I see arising for stay at home parents is their need for uh, for time alone. Like we said earlier, they, you just don't get to leave work ever. Yeah. Especially if their kid's not in school. Oh my God. Yeah. But yes, by the time the breadwinner is home, they're normally tired and a stay at home parent really can be left to fend for themselves. This can lead to a world of relationship problems. Mm-mm-mm. Shani, it goes back to conflict of needs. And our families have lots of needs. Oh my goodness. Yes. And when you pile the devaluation of work because a paycheck isn't involved, wow. So, you know, it can be hard to cope. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that if a parent is showing up for their kid, they have value. Whether it's earning a living or staying home or you're trying to do both of those things, all has enormous value. Yes. You, our listener, are priceless. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we do this podcast. And it's up there on our priority list because we're all balancing and we need to know we're not alone and we are valued. So, Shani, I am looking forward to talking about how this affects our bodies and our brains. All right, let's go. Dude, this is some really good stuff. I can see in my own head, like my brain and stuff, man. Wicked. Okay, Shani, I'm going to give this one a shot. Our wiring is fried from too much of not enough. Am I right? I mean, so basically, yeah, what we're talking about here is stress, right? Again, it's like if you're out of balance, what our body is constantly trying to do is bring us back into balance. Mm. So uh, again, we want to think about, I don't know if we talked about this, but here's a refresher in terms of the window of tolerance concept. So we all have this kind of like prime window in that window is where we are kind of in our flow. We're managing life. We're doing okay. Little stressors can come and go and we're okay. You know, we're just doing what we needs to get done when the stress starts to build up. Now, this is very, um, this, this sort of determines like what your past has been like. Like, how do you cope with stress anyway? How much trauma have you had? What kind of childhood did you come from? You know, all these things right. come into play here, right? Um, our window can get smaller and smaller and smaller the more that stress piles up. So what can happen is if we shoot out of our window, we can either go up or down. When we go up, the technical term for it is hyper arousal, but it's basically that fight, flight, freeze response right? Where we sort of like flip our lid and we are just can't really think straight. We are, it, it's more like extreme anxiety. It's not just being anxious. It's like, we're not thinking we're, we're not in our right mind. Yeah. And if we shoot down too low now, here's, I think here's something to remember also is that if we go, whatever goes up must come down. Mm. Right. So when we are, up all that time, we then tend to, at some point, we're going to collapse. And that's when the technical term for that is hypo arousal. So we dip below our window and that's where we have, um, you know, that's sort of like where depression lives, where feeling really unmotivated, can't get out of bed. We're just so exhausted, but it's like beyond the regular tired, you know, it's, it's more, it's like a collapse. Mm -hmm. Um, Dissociation can happen here. Um, in some instances, you know, just out of it, just really, 
really brain foggy and kind of in our own world mm. um, where it's even hard to hear people sometimes. So the whole idea with this is that we want to stay in our window. This is a physiological kind of thing that happens. So like, you know, for some of us, we might drink a lot of coffee. Hello, pointing at myself right now. You can't see it from because we're on the podcast, but Autumn can see it. It's like all the fingers are pointing. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't know there was somebody that loved coffee, but more than me, but oh, yeah. well, I think I, I have met my match. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, again, it's, it's about recognizing that that is a way to stay in the window, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to stay out of I guess it would be hypo arousal. Now, sometimes what happens, too much coffee will send you into hyper arousal, you know, where you're like, yeah, I found that it does the opposite sometimes too. Okay. Yeah. 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 It can make you crash. Right. Exactly. Well, there will be a crash eventually. That's right. Right. Um, So yes. And we can talk when we get to like the tools, you know, we'll talk about like what might work for whatever you need, right? You mm-hmm. kind of knowing where you are in your window. Right. And this sounds a lot like um, a nervous system issue. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. This is about the nervous system. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. The window of tolerance concept uh, is uh, by Dan Siegel. So he um, is like a neuroscientist and, you know, uh, lots of psycho neurobiological um, kind of information. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's that's his concept. And I love it because it brings everything that we experience into the physiological realm and deals with the brain. So we can kind of take it off ourselves. Now, there are ways that we can intervene and help ourselves, but it's not our fault that some of this happens. Right. I, I, I love that because it goes back to the name your gremlin idea is once you can name what's going on. OK, this is my brain. You said this last episode and I loved it. And I've said this as a mantra to myself. This is your brain being a brain, Autumn. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That was very healing. Uh, I did want to say, too, that um, and I don't want to go down this road too far and we will at some point. But knowing that neuroplasticity, did I say that right? Yeah, that's perfect. Is a part of our brain. That means that you don't have to live your life in extremes forever. That this, With some tools, you, you can help your brain to be able to handle all of this. Absolutely. So basically what you're describing is rewiring rewiring the brain. So yeah, what a lot of people do find that happens is they cycle between hypo, uh, hyper arousal and hypo arousal. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, on the one hand, I'm like up, up, up and going, 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 going. And then I crash, I crash and burn. And then I got to get up and do it all over again. And, and they're not in the wind and they're having a really hard time staying in the window, feeling, uh, that equilibrium feeling balanced. Yeah. And so if you recognize that, and then you could start to take, uh, you know, some action steps to try to bring yourself back into balance regularly with small, really, it, it can be, you know, these like kind of small self-care type things. Uh, you're re- you are rewiring your brain. Yeah, that is that, what you are doing. You know, I love that. I love that. It is yeah. very hopeful. It, mm-hmm. it is so hopeful. And I think that that's why our toolbox is so important to our listeners. Um, And so you ready to get to it? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. I got your tools for the toolbox. You need a wrench and you need a hammer and you need a screwdriver. All right, Shanee. 
We've talked about the complex needs of our kids. We've talked about the scheduling nightmares for couples and single parents. And we've talked about the devaluation of stay-at-home parents. This leads to the question, what tools can we use to help us? So our first tool is listening to and identifying your needs. Mm. If you start to feel like you need time alone or you're about to lose it or you feel like you need a week off, maybe you can modify it by taking a 20 minute walk, you know? Yeah. It's and it's all about modifying for our life. It does. And listening and understanding your needs, it takes practice. You just got to keep doing it. Mm hmm. It can be hard to sift through the voices in your head. I mean, there may be a drill sergeant spewing commands, um, but one way to combat this is to become curious without judgment. Hmm. That sounds familiar. It sounds <laughs> like mindfulness, Shanae. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so after you've listened to yourself and you understand where you are, what then? Okay, so here's where that window of tolerance concept can work really nicely. So like if you identify, for example, that you're about to lose it, meaning like, let's say you're going to, you feel like you're going to explode, you know, in that scenario, my suggestion, and now of course, this is going to be individual, but for example, with that situation, that's a lot of energy going on inside, Mm -hmm. right? There's probably, if you're in fight or flight, there's probably like adrenaline being released, all that kind of thing. That's where movement is. So if you can, and again, to your ability, moving your body in a way, not just, you know, sometimes just a a kind of a gentle walk, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you've got all that energy going on, you may need to do like some jumping jacks, dance it off, (laughs) jump on the trampoline, something really active to get that energy moving. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I do is I shake my body. And I like flap my arm, like oh. I rotate my body and I like let my arms just kind of go around and I breathe as I'm doing it. And it just, it, it just kind of shakes it off, shake it off. Okay. So here's something that I wanted to say, and I, I forgot, but I'm so glad you said that. This is a lesson we can learn from our kids who stim. Mm. That is what they are doing when they are stimming. Not not always. Sometimes they're stimming because it it feels good, you know, and that's that's just part of it. But uh, it's like a self-regulation tool. Right. So like a lot of kids who will jump or flap or have to move their body or get out of their seat, you know, uh, that is to help them regulate. Yeah. And shaking your body is absolutely, it's like you're finishing the stress response cycle. So when you get shot into hyper arousal and you're feeling all that, the release of adrenaline and cortisol, which mm-hmm. is a stress hormone, mm-hmm. uh, it, it needs to go somewhere. Right. Right. It needs to feel like it, it, it I got to release it. I got to release it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times we do, we, we might, we might just sit on top of that, which is, not great. Right. Yeah. Cause then that can kind of lead to an explosion later. Right. Yeah. Uh, or a burnout. Mm-hmm. So that energy needs somewhere to go. And the shaking is actually a very natural trauma response. I have an example. We are animals. And did yeah. you know that dogs shake to release anxiety? Absolutely. That's right. This is neuroscience. Absolutely. This is what we do. And I think that we don't 
uh, maybe we're just starting to, to kind of embrace that, uh, the science behind it Mm -hmm. that, you know, we are like, so, so for a lot of us, it's like, why am I even stressed? (laughs) You know, we're, we're, we're like, so far behind in terms of understanding our own neurology. Absolutely. We're just disconnected. Yeah. So what we're trying to, you know, I think what you and I are trying to do and get to is, is like, okay, don't even ask you're stressed, right? It's like, you're stressed. Like, don't even question it. Right. It's like, okay, I'm stressed. So how can I manage? Right. Um, now, now, for example, if you are in hypo arousal at this point where you're in collapse or you feel really out of it, that kind of thing. Um, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I just feel like I'm going to sleep all the time or I want to sleep all the time. You know, I am a fan of some good deep rest. Your body may be telling you, you cannot keep going like this. Mm -hmm. And so you may actually need to sleep. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you want to, again, notice like, are you, where are you in your window and have you been out of your window for so long or fluctuating so much Mm. that you are really not getting the proper balance. And so you feel like you want to sleep all the time. So it is about getting that rest, but then also giving your body messages that it's okay to move. And, and, you know, cause you, you can also end up in a free state mm-hmm. where it can feel like if I just don't move, I'll be safe. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, so you do want to give your body messages that you are safe. It's okay. And so even doing some gentle stretches, Mm-hmm. with breathing, combining it with breathing can really help here. Yeah, absolutely. Our favorite app has plenty of, you know, Insight Timer has plenty of uh, guided, you know, body scans and 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 progressive muscle relaxation meditations and those kinds of things. So, yeah. And they even have yo- yoga on there too. So yeah. And, and now that you say that, um, there is something called Yoga Nidra and it is a progressive body relaxation technique. Yeah. It You basically... You do it very slowly and you pay attention to every single part of your body. And Insight Timer, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, Timer, T-I-M-E-R, has yoga nidras on there. And I use, I, I do it every day before I go to sleep at night. Nice. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes an enormous difference. Yeah. And I will say... Just so, you know, kind of just to give people an understanding that meditation, um, I'm a huge fan. I mean, we're obviously we're huge fans of it. Right. Um, That isn't meditation is to keep you in balance. Let's put it that that way. It's to keep you in your window may not be exactly what you need when you're out of your window. Very. So that's where. That's where when you start to really tune in to your body and what's going on inside, you'll start to really familiarize yourself with, okay, what do I need right now? What's going on? Yeah. Right. And maybe even um, opening your eyes to what's happening around you. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. that happened. So that's why I feel like this. Sure. Making the connections. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That is so great. So I think it's time for us to recap our show. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's go. It's time to review your notes for the pop quiz on life. So here's the thing. 
there are so many different types of families and personalities out there trying to walk the tightrope between work and life while raising an autistic child, working, building careers, and having healthy relationships. Yes. The complex needs of our kids make it hard on parents, no matter their employment status. And it can lead to the scheduling nightmares. Mm -hmm. And it can be hard when the needs of the one conflict with the needs of the other. Add to that the devaluation of stay-at-home parents. You've got yourself teetering on the edge of falling off that tightrope. Yeah, but there are coping strategies that do help. That's right. Listening to yourself, learning to to do that with curiosity, without judgment, mm-hmm. um, and then and then uh, accessing those needs based on where you're at in your window of tolerance. That's right. right. So p- keeping in mind, are you in that fight, flight, freeze? Are you in collapse? Where or where are you headed? That's right. right. And so if you are in the hyper arousal, maybe you do some gentle shaking of your body or go for a walk to get some of that Mm -hmm. energy out. That's right. Some kind of movement will help here. That's right. Yep. And in the hypo arousal. Mm-hmm. So it's like gentle stretches, giving your body messages that you are safe, uh, um, combining that with, with deep breathing. Right. And maybe some rest or, you know, going on insight timer and looking up a yoga nidra. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has been really helpful reminders for me, too. And. I love these tools. I do. Me too. Me too. So yeah, that's a wrap. Until next time. See ya. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if all this is too much to remember because you're busy treading water, check out our website at www.thriveunderwater.com. We have links to our shows, social media, blogs, resources. You can sign up for our newsletter and support our podcast. Thanks again and keep on thriving. Keep on thriving.